Hello, fellow hooligans, and welcome back to another episode of the Weaving Words Podcast. Uh, this week, it is just me, myself, and I. Um, couldn't get a hold of a guest this week, uh, so I decided to just do an episode where I talk about some about some of my favorite stories. Um, I know we usually have a guest on here where I tell a story. It's been a while since I told the story, just haven't had time to write. Things are a little hectic at work right now. Uh, home life is um, <laughs> uh, still adjusting to the new norm. Uh, I'm sure it's doing a, a number on all of us. Um, but yeah, you know, and I haven't talked about stories that I like in a while, so I figured this would be a great uh, opportunity to talk about some stuff that uh, that's definitely resonating with me lately, um, or just stuff that I've been appreciating. I've had so much time in the sense of like uh, when I'm at home to watch certain shows in the background as I work, um, and there's some stuff that every now and then does um, capture my interest here and there. And uh, so there's a few things I wanted to talk about. You know how I usually format this when I'm talking to a guest. I'll try to do the same thing for myself. Um, so I'll talk about a story from the past that I just I really enjoy. Um, and that is the Green Lantern, Green Arrow run that Denny O'Neill, uh, rest in peace, and uh, Neil Adams uh, worked on back in 1970 for DC Comics. Um, this book, I read it once a year. It's such a great book. Like it's, it's such a good read. Um it's it's almost timeless the only gripe that i have with it is just um and i can't blame for it again it's victim of his time is the the dialogue it, although it is great there's a lot of uh slaying of its of its years like there's a lot of jive talk um which again at the time was pretty modern dialogue now it's a little dated but the message is still conveys um neil adams if you're not familiar with them or you're not part of the comic book world at all or have any any um clue who he is uh neil adams is a prolific living legend of an artist for comic books and ads and all kinds of other stuff um him and denny o'neill the writer who is uh just recently deceased uh, great great writer they are the reason pretty much especially neil because i think he worked on batman a little bit before denny jumped on um but they're pretty much the reason why batman is the way he is now like he's a badass dark brooding character um they're the ones who brought him back from the 60s batman you know the adam west style zany um more campy batman and they made him again a little bit darker and more serious um so if it wasn't for these guys you wouldn't have the batman we have today or at least i don't think we would um he the title was actually very close to being canceled because it wasn't selling um and they took over that and uh and just killed it you know did a great job and me being a green lantern fan when i got into comic books you know about 10 years ago um you know looking up a top 10 list of must read green lantern stories always in the top three was green lantern green arrow by denny denny o'neill and uh, neil adams and um after reading it I, i completely understand why i mean this book came out in 1970. At the time, um, the Comics Code Authority was still a thing. The Comics Code Authority, it basically neutered comic books. Like, you couldn't even talk about drugs. Like, you couldn't even talk about that drugs were bad. You couldn't have... there. It got so tight where you couldn't even have, like, a bad guy rampaging through a town and, like, knock over a police car because they thought that was anti-authoritarian. They thought it would, you know, um, uh, breed anarchy and chaos in these young, impressionable minds. Um, If you're interested in any of that background, just look up. um, It was uh, some quack doctor. Uh, He wrote a book called Seduction of the Innocents saying comic books and 
arcades and this and that or turning your kids gay and making them into communists and stuff like he's just some crazy crazy dude um but yeah they made the comics code authority and uh it took stan lee coming out with uh amazing spider-man 96 it was the first comic book uh since the comic code authority uh came about to not have the stamp because the the way that the that it worked is if you met all the guidelines you'd get the comic uh, code authority stamp on there which meant it was safe for kids to read. So, you know, parents wouldn't buy comic books for kids if they didn't have that stamp. And, uh, you know, Stan Lee did a, a story with Amazing Spider-Man uh, 96, issue 96. Um, where it was an anti-drug issue. It was like something where, um, you know, they talk about how pills are bad, this and that. And just because they were talking about drugs, they knew they'd never get the stamp. And Stanley was like, screw it, let's just put it out anyways. And kids were buying it up because it was, you know, you know how it is when you're a child. You're like, oh, it's basically rated R. It's a freaking stupid, like, anti-drug story which it was dumb it was it was a weird story anyways like it's just it, it didn't make sense but again it's, it was a comic book uh uh talking about the how bad drugs are um and what's funny is there was a story a two issue uh story in here called white birds don't fly um that dealt with that too and they didn't put it out because they were afraid they wouldn't get the 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 stamp and uh when stan lee did it and sold all these books you know he sold so much books because he didn't have the stamp uh, I remember Neil was saying we could, that could have been us. We could have been making all that money if you weren't too scared to publish these issues. Um, so they ended up publishing it. And, uh, from what Neil said, they uh, worked with the Comics Court Authority to rewrite it and make it more modern. Um, and that's kind of it was think of it like the parental advisory logo, like or the um, or the ESRB for like video games and stuff for the ratings. Um, they they worked on them to make them make more sense. Um, and that was one of the later stories that I'll talk about. Um, but the first issue in it. The, the the way the story picks up is you have uh, Hal Jordan, who is the Green Lantern. They're, they're basically space police. And uh, he rolls up in a town and he sees this man's being, you know, uh, assaulted um, by this youngster and uh, surrounded by a mob. So he shows up and he saves the guy and, you know, chases the kid off or has him go to jail. He gets him arrested. And then everybody starts throwing cans and trash at him. And he's like, oh, what the hell's going on? And um, <laughs> Green Arrow's there watching. He's basically telling him, like, yeah, that guy, he uh, he's an asshole, basically. And he starts showing how, like, what's going on. Like, like yeah, that he tells him that the kid that he got arrested, the youngster, his grandma lives in the apartment. And he's her only source of income. He had to drop out of school to do that. And how Jordan, again, he's basically a space police. He, um, he's like, well, he was breaking the law. You can't just have him doing, have him doing whatever he wants. And uh, Green Arrow tells him, well, yeah, technically he was breaking the law, but this landlord, he takes all their money, doesn't do any repairs on the uh, apartments. Uh, he's a slumlord. He's a slumlord. And he just um, gets away with it because he's in the letter of the law. Um, he's technically not breaking any laws. And he's about to evict all of the tenants so they can make it into a parking structure. And... Um, and that sets the tone for this whole series where you get Hal Jordan, who is, again, he's a space police officer. He's he's by the book, straight laced, um, kind of just showing what the modern um, at the what a more modern Green Lantern is, is a little bit less, uh, a little bit less hokey, a little more serious, which, again, it was really, really cool. And then uh, Green Arrow, who already looks like Robin Hood, is more of your liberal Robin Hood-esque character where he's like, yeah, sometimes you got to get around the laws to do good. And you you get to see that that dynamic between the two because they are really good friends. And you get to see them kind of pull back and forth at each other, um, which to me it relates a lot. Me and my friend 
my best friend uh, are very similar to this where I, I am definitely a lot more by the book. Um, I'm a lot more, how do you say, uh, of a realist. And he's definitely a lot more liberal, idealist. Um, and uh, we, we go back and forth, but at the end of the day, he is my brother. And, and I he, he's said it himself, and I'll tell him all the time, is he definitely influences me, and I hope as much as I influence him, uh, where we kind of open each other up. And I've definitely... Um, definitely appreciate that you need to have conflicting views in your life um because the best thing in life is to grow as a person and and a lot of that is reading you know you read you read um or look at like the news or just read stories i like reading personally um just because the way when you read a story when you read somebody's uh, account you you digest it differently than if somebody talks to you like if you're listening to a podcast or a uh a show or, or a news report or whatever, um, somebody telling you the news, you'll retain it more likely than not. And you'll, you'll appreciate it. But when you read something, you, you, you metabolize it in such a, such a different way that you, you get to mentally process it as you read it and come up with your own thoughts. Um, and you make your decisions for yourself, even if the, there is some type of bias in the way it's written. Um, and I definitely like reading reports. Like a, a lot of times when I'm looking at articles, like on Facebook or whatever, and it links to a video, I'm like, no, no, no. I just want to read the article. I don't need whoever's slant, you know, telling me stuff and don't get me wrong. I love listening to podcasts. I mean, I freaking put out a podcast. Uh, of course I love podcasts. I love, especially when I can't pay attention, like to, to read, I have to have my eyes on something else. Love listening to, uh, I, I watch a lot of, I say watch, but I don't even watch them. I listen to them, a lot of biographics on uh, YouTube. Um, and yeah, reading this book, it, again, I metabolize it in such a way where you, you never think of stuff like, ideally we wouldn't have any type of income disparity. We wouldn't have, um, you know, uh, racial, racial prejudices, um, the environment would be great. We wouldn't be polluting it. There, there's so much, uh, we wouldn't have, you know, drug addiction. Like there's so many social issues that in an ideal world we wouldn't have, but we do. And, and we have to deal about, uh, deal with them and talk about them. And that's one thing that this book does is in 1970, nobody was talking about, you know, the difference in, um, income inequality. Um, they weren't talking about, uh, racial prejudices, they weren't talking about drugs. They weren't talking about environmentalism. They weren't talking about a lot of social issues that the reason I love this book and I read it all the time is it's, it's still relevant and it still relates. Um, there's one, you know, I'll read a few uh, of the, a little bit of the dialogue in these pages. It's the first issue, which is a uh, Green Lantern 76 at the end of it, after he's, you know, they're walking up and he's explaining, you know, about the grandma and the son and, um, He's he's talking a green green arrow's talking to Green Lantern and he tells him yeah he's asking him you like what you've seen listen I hope you enjoyed playing superhero out there I hope it did a lot of good for your ego and and how Green Lantern's like easy you you've no cause to yell at me I have a job to do I have a job I do it and then he he retorts at him he says seems seems I've heard that line before after the Nazi war trials. And then you hear off uh, the panel a word, you know, a word bubble. You hear a man asking, "I want to ask the ring slinger a question, Mister Green Arrow." And uh, it's a older um, African American gentleman, and he asks him. He starts talking to Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, and uh, he says, "I've been re I've been reading about you, how you work for the Blue Skins, and how on a planet someplace you helped out the Orange Skins, and he how you done considerable for the Purple Skins." Only there's one skins you never bothered with, 
The Blackskins. I want to know how come. Answer me that, Mr. Green Lantern. And how Jordan just looks down and he just says, I can't. And that's how the first issue ends. And it's one of those things like you you never think about who you're not helping that you can. You know, uh, the, these people, they're supposed to be superheroes. Um, and there's issues that, again, in real life, it's not so simple as a person with the superpowers can just go and solve racism, right? That, that That's not how it works. But in a comic book, it can. Like in a comic book, you know, you have people who can go back in time, can change outcomes, who can control minds, who can make people feel things that they normally couldn't. And they're not tackling this issue. And it's sometimes, it, again, you're writing these characters as if they're real and that's just a question he never even thought to ask himself and he just he has no answer like how do you answer that how do you answer that you never thought about helping you know black people you know 1970 they they need to help with the civil rights and just again um living like normal people being considered normal people and uh so he goes back it, you know at the uh the issue continues he goes and um He's talking to that fat cat and he's telling him like, oh, thanks a lot, Green Lantern, you know, blah, blah, blah. Those are, you know, they're, they're subhuman. They're less than people. And then um, yeah, he starts fighting back with his goons. And because of what he's doing, you know, he's assaulting, quote unquote, by the law, innocent people. His bosses, the Guardians of the Universe, they call him back and they tell him, hey, man, you're you're abusing your powers. You know, you're you're a cop. You can't be doing stuff like that. So, again, he he, he finds that now he's on the other side of the letter of the law. And, um, yeah, after this, he basically tells him like, I'm dude, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm done doing things the way you guys want it done. I, I realize now what he meant. Like, yeah, dude, you, you, he has these powers and you can help people where it really counts and it really matters. And, and how come he's not doing that? Like if, so again, it's really, it's a really, really good series. Um, but that, that's just one of the, the, the first stories is they're dealing with, um, again, like slumlords and income inequality and then they they go into uh was the heart of america because what happens is um uh how jordan and uh oliver queen green arrow they hop into this little pickup truck and they want to see what america is you know um so they're gonna drive from the east coast or the west coast to the east coast and um and just stop by and see what america is all about and they're bringing with them uh i believe it was ganthet which is guarding the universe and they're these like super super high level beings who they've lived millennia like they, they've lived longer than humans have been around so they got so much knowledge and intelligence and intellect um yet they don't know how humans live so one of them's you know uh, pretend to be a human and just seeing how they are and seeing how flawed we are and, and understanding why we are the way we are and maybe it'll bring a little bit of humanity to them because the thing with the the guardians of the galaxy they don't have emotions they they, they kind of purge the emotions out of them to be more more uh, rational more logical which is not the worst thing but it's also not great like i in my personal life have done you know tried to be more rational you know more logical um because i used to be i used to be very emotional i used to you know get mad easily or sad easily or or you know just say things that i didn't mean because of my emotions so it's hard to kind of you know being an adult and being uh tempering myself and uh also fighting to not just be completely cold-hearted um so that's definitely one of those things that I, again, I can relate to. So they're, um, as the story progresses, they're going through, uh, like this little just podunk city. 
Um, and they find that, uh, the, I think it was the mining company or the lumber company, they're basically keeping the whole town as slaves. You know, they, they don't pay them enough money. They give them money for the, you know, their own whatever uh, uh, business bucks that instead of paying them money, they, they pay them more money, quote unquote money in their, their business bucks to shop at their general store. So they're basically endangered servants, um, which happened. It, it happened in mining towns and lumber towns a lot. Um, and it probably still somewhat goes down. Like it, that's one of those things I always talk to people. It's like it, it can happen. It can, it can still happen. It, it, all it takes is <laughs> the, the thing I tell people is the, the first sign of seeing stuff like that is going to be when you start seeing Amazon or Walmart giving their employees housing. They're going to be like, oh, this is Walmart employee housing um, and we'll give you extra money. Um, if you spend it in our in our store or in uh, Walmart related, you know, goods, so like rent and stuff like that, that's where you'll start seeing, you know, again, basically indentured servants, uh, which is a fancy word for a slave. Uh, but you start seeing stuff like that. Um, and these are just their their social issues that literally nobody was talking about at the time. And it's just you you can relate to it so much. There's the snowbirds don't fly story arc where you see. Um, you know at the time and it's kind of made a resurgence actually um but at the time the drug of choice was heroin everybody was doing heroin and just like nowadays with like meth or you know um it can be anybody it can be your neighbor your mailman your brother or sister your daughter granddaughter mother father aunt uncle it can be anybody that's addicted to it and that's what was going on is um green arrow he had a sidekick named speedy you know he's was red hood you know um and it shows that he was abusing heroin and um, green arrow just trying to be, you know, tough on him and stuff is just giving him crap about it. He's like, Oh, my sidekick's a junkie. Like you, you need to get off that crap. Like you're not even, you're not worthy of me of, of being my sidekick or of being, you know, you, you're not my son. Cause he's, they call him his ward, but it's basically his adopted son. And uh, that just pushes him further into doing drugs and uh, it took basically him overdosing and almost dying to realize that he needs help. He doesn't need tough love. He needs love. And and again, that it relates so much because, again, you just you, you even even though it's coming back like, you know, we have a big drug problem in the United States and it can be anybody. And especially dealing with, you know, I have family who have fought and continue to fight, you know, drug addiction and it ruins lives. It really does. Like it, it, it breaks apart homes. Um it turns your your people that you love into strangers, like people you don't know. And it's so easy to just say, oh, we'll just get off of it or to not want to be around them. Um, but it's, you know, when people have problems, that's not when you push them away. That's when you bring them closer. And um, again, I, I relate to it so much. It's, it's such a it's such a great book. Um, there's uh, parts in here where they deal with. um um, with environmentalism, you have a, a character who who's trying to stop a Green Lantern. He worked for Ferris Aircraft, which was like a, a prototype, you know, jet um, company that also had an airport and all that. And uh, Ferris is is making this like crazy super jet that's that's um, like a, a jumbo jet that's super super efficient on fuel. But when it burns the fuel, it causes so much pollution that it just kills anything in the area, like all the the animals and all the uh, the vegetation. Everything just dies. You know, it puts out so much pollution, and they they they're going through this whole thing of um, 
of well yeah but it, it saves so much money and they're they're kind of putting the capitalism ahead of environmentalism um which again there's there has to be a balance with everything and that's one thing we don't think about is you know we're thinking very short term a lot of the times uh we can have movement into the it takes a little bit more work but we can definitely move towards the future while preserving the present um that's i feel in our greed sometimes or our sense of instant satisfaction we we forget that uh, but that's that's actually the last story or one of the last stories for uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow on this. Um, th- there's a lot of really cool ones. You deal with, uh, they, they introduced in, in this series, uh, John Stewart, who's uh, the first black Green Lantern um, in Green Lantern 87. Um, and yeah, it just shows what it's like to be a black person. Like the, how it is, is very different. They're, they're treated very differently, especially at the time, you know, they're treated like second class citizens and, um, it's gotten better, but it's not perfect. Um, especially with what's going on now, like it's it's interesting seeing the point of view from someone who is not like you. Um, that I, I feel like that's just a, a problem that we, in general, as humans, have a hard time seeing what the point of view is like for other people because we it's it's hard. Like we really technically can't. We 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 live our life through our own the, the own lenses of our eyes. Uh, we live life in our own skin. Um, and it's, it's hard. It's, it's part of being, there was this great, um, quote I heard of, uh, it was an anime or a manga, I forget what it was, but, um, you know, it was a Japanese person saying, you know, the part of being an adult is understanding that there's an, you know, ambiguity in the world that it's not just black and white, you know, children think in black and white, and that's not necessarily bad. There's some things that are definitely black and white, and then there's some ambiguity in the world and being an adult is being able to accept it and understand um, that your set of circumstances are different than your neighbor's set of circumstances. They're different than a person in the neighboring state. They're different than a person across the country. You know, I've traveled from California to New York and in between. And the more I travel, the more I see, again, it's just like the heart, the, 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 the whole story is called hard Tra- traveling heroes, the green lantern, green arrow. And just like they saw America, I've seen America and I understand that there's, there's some good, there's some bad, and there's a whole lot of in between. And to not feel like you can help anybody because it's not the same way you would want to live your life. Well, that's just, that's, that's like a kid, like, and, and it's not, it's not empathetic uh, to, to be able to, maybe you don't agree with the way they want to live their, their life, um, but you can empathize or sympathize with wanting to live your life and your the way you want to live it, as long as you're not hurting anybody. Why? Why you know? I I don't eat onions and pickles on my hamburger, but I also don't go to every other person at the table at the restaurant and start picking them out of their burgers. You know, that's just they do the themselves. I do me, and you know we're all humans. We're all flawed. We're all we're all going through this. You know, together. And why? Why not try to make things better? And that's one of the things. The way you make things better is by talking. By talking, you can kind of, you can hopefully have a dialogue between someone and hopefully maybe not change their mind, but open it. Open it to the idea that I'm doing the best I can and you're doing the best you can. And it might not be perfect, but let's help each other out, you know. And and that's what I really really like about this Green Lantern Green Arrow book. Like the, the I'm probably gonna read it again this month, just because it's been about a year since I last read it. Um, but yeah, it's if you if you ever wanna if you ever wanna read a really really good book um, that tackles social issues with superheroes, 
that still relevant today that still makes sense that you'll read it and you'll be like wow this this was amazing please please give a uh, green lantern green arrow a read um and denny o'neill the writer he just recently passed a, a few months ago and he's, he's such a he was a really really good writer he dealt with his own demons he had his own problems but again like he put he put out a book that talks about people who aren't him who aren't like him um but who need help and i mean you know i love superhero books and what does a hero do you know that we can't and and that's save people you know across the world you know we can't do that but we can help who we can um all it takes is just being open and want wanting to help someone um it's really easy especially with the way things are now when we're so pushed away you know you can't be around people it doesn't mean you can't help someone you can't you know sometimes helping is just checking in on someone sometimes helping is saying hey man i'm here for you um if you need to talk sometimes helping is you know something as simple as holding a door open for someone you know they're they're struggling and need help um you can you know just random acts of kindness will help um and just do what you can uh, let's leave this world a little bit better than we found it because <laughs> uh yeah I, I look at my nieces and my nephews and i just you know, I, I hope that they grow up in a world that's better than ours, and I hope that they help make a better one. Um, and a lot of that is just, again, seeing how uh, how the neighbors live on the other side of the fence and, and hope, hoping they can understand uh, the differences and the nuances and the ambiguity when they get older, um, while still keeping some of that um, that black and white with certain things. You know, you, you're hurting people. Um, it's not good. You know, that's, <laughs> that's black and white. You don't want to hurt people if you don't have to um being mean you don't need to be mean like uh, th there's so much stuff that you can teach kids um and yeah yeah i hope i hope you guys uh gleaned a little bit of of why i like this story and hopefully you know even if just one or two of you uh checks out this book I i'd be happy with that um another story i've uh, been listening to or experienced lately was i watched first the anime it's funny because i found the anime i watched it and it was it was really good it's actually on netflix it's called erased so I watched the whole anime and I want to say it was 12 episodes, I believe. I'm pretty sure it was 12 episodes, 12 or 24. I don't even remember now. Dang. Um, so I watched it and it was a great anime. And then I saw that they had a live action adaptation for for a show and it was half the episode. So it was either six episodes or 12 episodes, depending on how long the anime was. Um, and it, it was really good. It, it revolved around. Here, let me pull up the, the names because I'm actually really bad with the names uh satoru fujinuma he's a, a young man living in kiba and he he has a power that he calls um revival and what it does is whenever something bad happens around him like people die or something really bad is going to happen he goes back in time before the life-threatening incident and he can try to help the try to prevent the incident from happening so, uh, like it, it, one of the first ones that you see him do is he's a, he's a pizza delivery driver. He's, I want to say he's in his mid to late twenties, like 25 to 28, 29. And he's like a pizza delivery driver and, uh, he's going to go deliver a pizza and his little tiny moped thing that they have. Cause you know, Japanese people have tiny little vehicles for some reason. And he's driving, you know, complaining about how, how unsatisfied he is with his life. And he notices that you know, the revival kicks in that, that it started again. And he's like, what the hell? Oh, it happened. What's wrong? What's wrong? He's trying to figure out what goes wrong or what went wrong. And he notices that there's a car 
a, a truck barreling down the road and the guy behind the wheel is asleep or he's passed out. So he, you know, does a 180 in his little moped and he's able to, I think he breaks through the window and pulls the the steering wheel because it's about to hit a little kid who's crossing the street. And, uh, you know, he, he crashes, he wakes up in the hospital um, and then his coworker saw the whole thing and she's like, oh, you saved that kid's life. And the man, you know, who was in the truck, sadly, you know, he had a heart attack and died before, you know, any of that went down. Um, so it establishes that he has this power that can, whenever something bad happens, it rewinds it. And, um, yeah, the, the main character, he, uh, he wants to be a manga, um, artist slash writer. They call him manga cause. Um, and he just doesn't have a good story. Like his art's decent and, uh, his, the editor, the guy he's working with is telling him like, yeah, you just need better, more engaging stories. Um, and then, yeah, he, he's hanging out with his mom. Um, his mom's visiting him for some reason. And while they're walking around, he notices that revival kicks in again. And he's like looking around trying to see what's, what went wrong. What did, what did I, you know, I've seen this before. What's the moment? And his mom notices this guy walking away with a little girl. And that they get to the van and he just leaves the girl behind and drives off. And, uh, you know, when they get back home, like she took a picture of the, the driver's the license plate and uh, the guy and they get back to his apartment. And he she tells him, like, hey, I think you might have stopped the child abduction. And uh, that's where you find out that when they grew up, uh, when he grew up and in, in, when he was in elementary school, uh, eight, 18 years ago, um, he in Hokkaido, which is a smaller city, uh, there was a string of kidnap and murders of, you know, some of his classmates. There was like three kids around his age or his age that were kidnapped and killed, um, you know, back in that little town. And, um, his mother, she used to be a journalist, like an investigative journalist. And she thinks she found out who it was. And while she's calling her buddy or whatever, um, the killer comes in stabs her to death basically and frames the kid so while the police are chasing him he has revival again but he doesn't just wake up right before his mom's killed he actually wakes up as a kid as a 10 year old kid so uh he's he's trying to go through and he remembers um what happened to his classmates so he tries to make friends with the girl he tried so the first thing he does is he tried to make friends in general because he used to not have friends he used to you know be kind of a loner and he 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 makes friends um with the group of kids and then he makes friends with the first victim because there was a you know three three kids that got uh kidnapped and murdered the first one he makes friends with her so she wouldn't be alone so she wouldn't die and he finally makes friends with her and they you know have a birthday and their birthdays happen to coincide they're there on the same day so they have a birthday party for the both of them and he walks her back home and you know he's like oh everything's gonna be great wakes up um wakes up the next day go to her house to see how she's doing she's missing turns up dead again he failed he failed to save her and he bounces back to the future and he's still on the run and then one of his coworkers, the one who you know uh, was at the hospital with him She's helping him uh, evade capture, and uh, you know you find out why she's doing it. And it's again, you got to watch it. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil too too much, but the uh, yeah, is ev- evading capture, and um, at the you know <laughs> they bounce back and forth. They're being all they think they're being all discreet, and they end up getting caught again. So as he's being arrested, 
he gets sent back again, and you find out, you know, it's just one more time. And he makes friends with her, but he make he also makes sure that she's not alone um, through the night, like when he dies. So they kind of like uh, they keep her hidden somewhere else, and um, they start going down the list of like making sure that the people that were at risk aren't um, alone. You know, they're they're being uh, they're making friends with them, and this is this thing where it's like you know you're 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 stronger, you're safer with friends with you know having people in your life. It's it's better. It's a good thing. It's 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 better than being a loner, you know? And, uh, that's one thing he didn't have his first go around is he didn't have all these friends. He didn't have all these bonds that he made. Um, and he changes not only the people he saved, but his own life as well. You know, he had a, a more meaningful life. And, um, I mean, I called who the killer was from the get go. I knew right away who it was. Um, but they do a really good job on keeping it hidden. They do a good job on kind of like moving it around. Um, I don't, again, I don't want to spoil too much. But he succeeds in saving all three, but something tragic happens where he's the victim. Um, so it's, again, like uh, that kind of kicks off the last story or, or the last bit of the story. Um, but uh, yeah, I just recently watched that. I watched the live action adaptation. It was really good. They did change up the ending because I just don't feel like it would have worked out in a live action setting. It was very anime. You got a dude in a wheelchair freaking doing almost like 360 flips and stuff. Like it's just, it's a little ridiculous, but it was good, you know, for the anime. But for the live action, I, I really do like what they did for the live action adaptation because it was still, they kept the spirit of it. Um, but yeah, if you, if you definitely have time, I'd recommend watch Erased. Erased either the anime or the live action. I like the anime. The anime was good. It's just a little bit longer of a, of a commitment time commitment but you'll, you'll get so much more they do such a good job on on delving you into the world um that, that the writer created um but that one's called erase it's on netflix both the anime and the uh live action show um so most people should have access to that and then uh one thing that i am looking forward to um is actually here let me pull it up because i made notes one story that I'm looking into getting to is uh, I actually finally have the book now too. Is the uh, the book that my friend uh, Sora kickstarted is called Aurora Thunders of the Deep is what the first volume is called. Um, and yeah, I, I read the uh, preview book. I, I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, um, but yeah, I read the preview book. Really, really cool. Really interesting idea. Um, I've been seeing a lot of these types of books pop up where it's like, how, how does having superheroes in in our world shape culture and shape society um shape laws even um and it's again it's, it's really cool ideas that i read in the pre in the preview i'm hoping the uh the rest of the book uh stands up to that because it, it was it was really well written the art's gonna be awesome i mean you got just really really cool design characters um there's not much more I can talk. Uh, again, there, there's really not a whole lot of it out there besides the main book that she kickstarted, which I got a few copies of. And then the, uh, the preview that that was a New York comic-con exclusive. Um, but yeah, and then, yeah, first appearance of pepper in comic books. It's pretty, it's pretty, uh, key right there. Um, we yeah, Aurora. She's the, the most recent, um, or the latest, uh, in the line of superheroes, um, cause they kind of treat them like family, you know, they have these long lineages of families of, of superpower people. And she's the latest in, in, uh, the light family, L Y T E, I believe. Um, and there's a, there's a whole cast of a bunch of different characters. Once I read it, I'll, I'll go through and I'll do like a little 
mini review I want to say, or um, at the very least talk more about it when I have more information uh, after reading it. Um, but if you haven't already, definitely check it out. Um, I don't know if they're selling it separate or if you had to do the Kickstarter. Um, just look, I definitely recommend looking it up. Let me see if I can get the information. Yeah, it's uh, Aurora Light, L-Y-G-H-T, not L-Y-T-E. Um, Aurora Light, um, dot com, and it'll have all the info on there. Yeah, so what does it have on here? Uh, War has always shaped the history of mankind from its darkest hours to its brightest moments. The aftermath has always changed, has always been changed. In Aurora's world, she and those like her were the ch were that change. As weapons of mass destruction, the Mithra act as the deterrent for a new world order of global peacekeeping, but to err is human. Um, yeah, 48 plus action packed comic pages, exciting new world brought to you by the creative team of Carnal Confessions, another great series that she does. Um, amazing collectible cover art from some of the industry's finest. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of really cool covers. The one I really wish I could have gotten a hold of, um, but it was a little out of my price range at the time because I'm a pole boy, was my buddy uh, Ryan Kincaid. He had a really cool cover, but they only did a, a steel cover, I want to say like a metal cover. Um, but I, I got Sora's and then I got the sketch cover and the... Um, the cosplay cover by Alana Waffles. Um, yeah, they, they, they got a lot of really good artists to actually work on these covers. Um, I'm interested to see what they do for the next volume because um, they, they've been doing good. They've been doing a good job. Um, I know she has an art book that's coming out soon, so check that out if you get a chance. Uh, but yeah, her, um, Brett, and Pepper are doing a lot of good work and staying busy through all this. Um, along with my buddy Ryan, um, what I'll probably do is try to back or find a way to pick up one of his uh, books because he did another one. Uh, another series that he kickstarted himself i'll try to get information on that later and talk about it in a future episode um but yeah, it's it a quick one this time again it was just me so there's not a lot of uh, back and forth um but i appreciate you guys tuning in sorry for the delays life's been a little crazy i'm trying to put out the episodes as frequently as i can um if you haven't already check out uh the last episode with jose um i haven't had a chance to make a post for it i'll try to make a post for it when i put this up as well uh, but if you have any suggestions on something for me to read or watch or a video game to play, if I can, um, any good story, I'm all ears. I love trying new things out when it comes to stories. You know, I might like it. I might not. At the very least, I gave it a shot. Um, I'm always I'm pretty open on trying new things for the most part. Um, you can message me directly on Instagram or Facebook on the Facebook page. We also have the Discord server that uh, I haven't been all that active in, but I'm trying to get more active in as well. I know there's a few hooligans in there that uh, have pretty good um, suggestions. Um, but other than that, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for giving me a listen. Um, adios. Goodbye.